Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we cover an artist or a band that makes many, many hit singles. And this week we're talking about The Killers. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. And this is Tyler. And once again this week we are talking about The Killers and how did everybody feel about listening to The Killers this week? What an amazing start. That is a fair assessment, but where does the start end? Uh, really, the first album is amazing. Uh, after that, it's hit or miss. Hmm. I feel like Sam's Town is still within that little... That, I, Sam's that, Town is still good. Sam's Town has quite a few big hits. Yeah. I'd have to agree that Sam's Town probably, is probably there as well. It's not like... Because uh, Hot Fuss is just... On such a high level. Back to back bangers Mm -hmm. just strong tracks like the only the only thing that i have that i will say against hot fuss is like the last three tracks i don't really remember that well but like everything beyond that like it is just consistency abound jerry how did you feel i enjoy it quite a bit they're one of my favorite bands uh they're one of the first groups i bought their cd in 2004 uh, so I, I picked them for this uh, week expecting something and I did not get it, but we'll, oh, we'll talk, talk about, about that, that later. But, um, I did, what I did know that I would get that I expected was to enjoy listening to it. And I did. Hey, there you go. How about you, Tyler? Uh, you know, I enjoy the killers. I thought for the most part, and, but, uh, I do probably stick with Dex and, uh, preferring the early era. I mean, I remember. Hot Fuss, of course, and that's an album that I actually listened to a lot this summer after my freshman year of college, too, so it's I, it puts me in a certain mindset and, like, headspace that reminds me of that time. And then I remember, you know, Samstown came out in, uh, what was that, 2006, which was my freshman year of high school. And I remember uh, When You Were Young and Can You Read My Mind and songs like that playing regularly uh, throughout that period of time, too, so... Like those two albums are doing are like really good for me, and then I enjoy Sawdust because I think that's pretty interesting. But basically, from that on, um, I'm not super sure. That's fair. I don't, I don't know why, but for some reason, when uh, Day and Age came out in 2008, I believe, I could not get behind it. I like the song Human a lot, and um, I think if I remember correctly, uh, back when I had a uh, an iPod. Um, I don't even want to say that. I can't even say the right word. Sometimes I say iPad instead of iPod, but I had an iPod that was like 120 gigs or something like that. And it would remember my most listened to song. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. So I would like kind of track my favorite song. Uh, and uh, the song Human was actually towards the top for quite a while because I really loved that song. But the rest of the album, even after re listening to it again, I tried to re listen to it about like twice i still i don't even really know or like any of the songs on it I'm right other there. than human i like spaceman yeah spaceman was pretty good human i like is... spaceman more than human really? really i i have this thing about human that i can't get past what does the chorus mean are we human or are we dancer it sounds like a very uh a, a bowie style thing like i feel like they were influenced by bowie quite a bit on that record i could see that maybe i i don't know something about that line i just never could it never clicked i was like are we human or are we dancer that means so little mm-hmm. but so does so does oh no, oh, oh, no. i was gonna say major major time to gun uh <laughs> i couldn't say it though uh can you say it for me because i'm gonna say the the thing with the the, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> Ground control to Major Tom. Yes. Instead of Magnum Dong. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That's what I was trying not to say. Oh, my. As much as I could. Ground control to Magnum Dong. Yeah. Ground control to Major Tom. Yeah. It sound, it's kind of like that one of those. That makes more sense. It, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like a line where you're like, ah, it's kind of like hazy exactly what that line means. It's kind of one of those things. Well, that one actually makes sense. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control is like 
Earth. Yes. Calling into the character of Major Tom. Right. So what? How do you you don't understand what that means? I'm just saying it's like a line like that where it, oh. it's like an obscure type of thing, like a yeah, David sure. Bowie-esque line. Yes, yes okay. I agree with okay. you. I'm agreeing with you, Jared. Okay. Agreeing with you, Jared. Thank you. But um, I feel as though, like, because, like, especially with that song, Human, and a lot of their early work, and I don't think that is necessarily the same with Hot Fuss, but, like, kind of off of Sam's Town and Day and Age, and then not quite with Wonderful, Wonderful, Um. Definitely not with Battleborn. They're very anthemic. Mm-hmm. They're looking for songs that you would play at an Well, Battle, Battleborn was very anthemic. That was like their, like a lot of the songs on that were trying to be like arena rock songs. I kind of found them to be more like, uh, like almost on the in the realm of Heartland Rock. Really? On Battleborn? Yeah. I thought that was more Samstown was Heartland Rock. Yeah, I don't know. For sure. When You Were Young was directly inspired by uh, Springsteen. Was it? That makes yeah, sense. I uh, can hear that. Born to run. When you were young. When you were born to run. When, when you were yeah. born to young. Even if you listen to both of them, they, they have similar themes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but it doesn't fit in stylistically. I, I, I'm I'm kind of there. I can't get in. At, other than human, I can't get into day and age. I don't like it. I think it gets weirdly synth. That just kind of loses it for me. And then the rest of them don't do it either. I mean, Battleborn... I can see the thematic or or the or the arena rock styling of it, but it's honestly really boring to me. Battleborn is just a very boring album. Like I don't I don't care to hear the killers, you know, try to do big rock songs that just have nothing interesting in them. What did you get off of um what did you get off of Wonderful Wonderful? I was just gonna say, Jared, I know that you really like the song The Man. I like the man a lot. I also really enjoy Tyson versus Douglas. That is a great song uh, about basically about it's probably the it's definitely the most Vegas song they've ever written mm. because it's about um, a boxing match in Vegas and how their feelings of it were when it happened. Mike Tyson versus um, uh, Buster Douglas, and it was you know very important fight and it was probably a very important night for Vegas. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are Vegas, you know, like that's kind of, and it's kind of interesting when they try and do things outside of that realm, you know, like you can't, it's, it's interesting to be Heartland rock and also be from Vegas. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I, I, I like that song quite a bit. I liked wonderful, wonderful when it came out, I was hoping it would be, because it had been uh, five years, I believe, between albums, 2012 to 2017. Um, so, I mean, I've been waiting for a long time for the next album to come out. And I enjoyed um, Battleborn when it came out, but then it just kind of never, I never really went back to it as often as I did with um, Hot Fuss or with Samstown. You know, those are songs that you will hear everywhere you know like on yeah. the radio on the elevator in between sets it shows people will sing mr brightside and stuff like that which we'll talk about later too oh, i was gonna say are we getting into mr brightside but um but yeah i don't know i i enjoyed wonderful wonderful but i did have some it had some duds on there for sure sure i get that i, I think that that album that album doesn't do it for me either i think that's probably the one i like even even less than battleborn because it just, to me, has a lot of commercial pop sensibilities that don't work for what I'm looking for. The Man is an interesting song, but it reminds me of... Actually, kind of reminds me of a Talking Head song. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. But um, just kind of mushy. Like, everything is, like, on the same level, though. There's nothing... You know, it's like a Talking Head song without the interesting rhythms. You know, it just doesn't... It's okay. But but that album like that doesn't hit home for me. Like I said, Battleborn doesn't. I really don't care about anything other than Hot Fuss and Samstown, quite honestly. And I like if I like Sawdust. I think there's some interesting stuff on there. And one of my favorite killer songs is on Sawdust. So I read that Hot Fuss was uh, worked on, and then Brandon Flowers heard "Is This It" from The Strokes, and he was like, "Well, well, shit." He threw out everything but Mr. Brightside and remade that album. And I think that drive is what made that so great because something about the rest of the albums don't really connect with me. 
I feel like he was more motivated on the first one. So, quick little note on the the lyric that you um, were were speaking of, the chorus for human. Supposedly, uh, there was debate over what he was saying initially. Some people thought that he was saying dancers or denser, but to uh, clarify that he is singing, are we human or are we dancer? Uh, and that it was inspired by a disparaging comment by Hunter S. Thompson, who said that America was, quote, raising a generation of dancers afraid to take one step out of line. Oh, hmm. that's pretty cool. It's interesting. So I guess he was, and I guess with an, like, he must have done an interview with Rolling Stone, Brendan Flowers did, and I guess he was kind of uh, irritated that people didn't get the lyric. I would, I mean, I didn't get it, and He's now too I'm smart irritated for with myself. Us. I'm irritated with myself. I've I've learned something important today. That's right. So Cody, or, yeah. So Dax, your your feeling about Hot Fuss is that you think that that was like their most driven album. Can we all agree, Hot Fuss, best album? Yeah. Jared, or do you think Sam's Town is the one? I don't know. It's very difficult for me because as I I love Hot Fuss. It's one of my favorite albums ever. But re-listening to Sam's Town and going back over it, I don't think there are songs I do not like on it as much. Other than uh, Why Do I Keep Counting is kind of boring as an ender, but I do enjoy Exitude, mm-hmm. uh, where they he sings, We Hope You've Enjoyed. Like I like the beginning of it. We where, hope you've enjoyed your stay. Don't you think that... Uh, don't, don't you think that the interlude and exitlude kind of remind you of like a Sgt. Pepper era Beatles something or other. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, I don't know because I like, I think I like more songs on Sam's Town as my favorite killer songs. Sure. But the problem is on Sam's Town, uh, they don't have Somebody Told Me or Mr. Brightside on them. I know. So that's what makes it so difficult. It's like the yeah, best but- songs they've ever written are on that album. But when you were young is really like it's I know. It's definitely up there. And and Bones. Bones is a great song. Great song and a the great video directed by Tim Burton. Oh yeah. Remember that? Tim uh-huh. Burton directed it was I think the first music video he directed, if I remember right. Really? Based on my research I did. Uh about what, fourteen years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I don't yeah. know if I remember quite well, but that's the thing I remember thinking I knew. Huh. Uh, but he did for sure direct the video, and it was like a. I was actually watching the uh, the other day on YouTube because you know quarantine is happening. The Killers were trying to stay relevant because they have an album uh, coming out, and uh, they've been doing a thing where they're rewatching their old music videos and commentating over it and kind of saying this is what was going on at the time. This is where we filmed this. This is you know kind of things going on about the song and about the video. And they were talking about Tim Burton how well he. Um, did with it and basically he said Brandon Flowers said that their other music videos when the director would send them the final cut they would want to make changes to it but with Tim Burton's video they did not change a single thing hmm. they loved it all of it the there was filmed some of it was filmed at an old drive-in theater that's actually still running to this day it's been around for like decades mm-hmm. and so they filmed there uh, some scenes but it, it's a good video go check out the video for Bones but I, I love that song. I love Sam's Town, the song. Um, maybe my favorite song oh, here by he the goes. Killers. Maybe. Here he goes. It's difficult because, like I said, you have uh, Mr. Brightside and somebody told me. But I don't want to be an overplayed man. So I will choose Read My Mind as my favorite song. All right. You got it, Jared. Good song. I almost picked that. Really? Yeah. 
I sang that karaoke one time. I I couldn't. I, I didn't uh, start with the the right um, the uh, right notes. verse. Well, no, like the right. Like I started too high, and I just on the corner of yeah, me. It was, it was when I it, when bars reopen someday, hopefully soon, uh, and karaoke will reopen. I will I will bring out read my mind again. You gonna try it again? Get, make so. it work this time. I hope so. You know, I could for me. I could see what I see here in Samstown. Speaking of that album, is a a refinement of the ideas in Hot Fuss, and kind of a step back to look at the whole picture and slowing down a little bit. Because I think that Samstown may have been more considered as an album as compared to a collection of songs. Because when you look at Hot Fuss, basically the first six tracks are just like beating you out of the water, man. You know what I mean? They're just like in all of them, every one of them. All the way down through Andy, you're a star. And then you get into Sam's Town and we see things, you know, they've got stuff spread out a little bit more because Read My Mind sits a little, is still six, but we've got stuff going on after that that that's still, you know, kind of keeping you in there in a different way. So I just think it's, they've, you know, they've kind of refined it. It's not quite as raw and it's, and it's, it's toned back because you still hear a lot of the same tonal qualities in the guitar and the synth becomes a little more prominent and and the sound becomes a little fuller but it's just not as harsh i mean his singing and his lyrical delivery and the and the effects they use on his lyrics are kind of a little mellowed out on same sound by compared to hot fuss yeah he does in general just have a unique voice as a singer in my opinion like he doesn't I, I, when you listen to him, you don't think, oh yeah, he sounds like X, Y, or Z. You think that sounds like Brandon Flowers. Yeah, that's true. Like he, he very much sounds like himself. He stands out as a vocalist as well. Like, I mean, if you listen to any of their songs, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I like his vocal styles. I don't think he's re- like, it's kind of surprisingly, he, ha- I don't think he's really been on other songs, you know, like as featured sure. vocalist. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that, you know, like, like Bono, for instance, um, has been on like a guest vocalist on several things, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, Brandon Flowers has been around for a long time, um, for what, 16, 16 years. years and just hasn't other than the killers and his two solo albums hasn't really uh, done much outside of those groups. Sure. You know, so, which I mean, I don't think it really matters either way, but with the distinctive voice that he has, it would make sense for him to be featured on some other things. I would agree with that. And especially since he obviously wanted to have some kind of success outside of the killers. Otherwise he wouldn't have put, I mean, he made solo albums, but they were on um, major labels that put out songs as singles for them to be big too you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so like he wanted to be a big artist outside of the killers yeah or he would have been like song that was really big crossfire yeah crossfire is a great song yeah Yeah. that was the probably his biggest solo single but like you have somebody like uh dustin kinsrew from thrice who i mean they're not as obviously thrice isn't as big as the killers no but they did have some success um independently or whatever but he put out solo albums and it was very under the radar. Yeah. You know? So it, you can make records like that and not be on a major label. Or, I mean, you have somebody now like Haley Williams who's on trying to be um, a major star outside of her group as well. Right. It looks like he was featured in a few things. It says he was featured on Complete Music on a song on that album by New Order. I can't see which song it is, though. But that's interesting because that's that's where they got their name, the band New Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song Crystal, the music video, uh, there's a fictional band playing, and the band is named The Killers. It's on the drum set. Oh, that's cool. So that's where they got their name, and he's featured on one of their albums, apparently. I, huh. I just can't figure out which song it is. That's interesting, yeah. But that song, Crystal by New Order, you can really hear the influence from, especially uh, Ginny was... A what, friend of mine. Thank you. Well, they also um, covered Joy Division, right? Yes, it did. On on um, what was that Shadow? Was it a song Shadow Play? Yes, Shadow Play. Do you want to play uh, Crystal? Sure, if you'd like. Yeah.
there's a pretty uh, distinct reason why uh, that kind of sounds like it and is obviously influenced, like they're influenced by that. It's because it clearly has that same kind of like post-punk revival sound that the Strokes had. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, if you think about it, the Killers are probably, arguably, the most popular group to have come out of what would have been called the post-punk revival. That Hot Fuss album is like the most pop-centered post-punk revival album Mm -hmm. and they had the biggest hits out of that realm but they had a lot of sound that sounds a little bit like things like the strokes or interpool Mm -hmm. i was thinking like the bravery and rapture too as Mm -hmm. as other post-punk revival kind of groups that had a little bit of success but not not as much as the killers obviously right because bravery had that one song um honest mistake thank you honest mistake the dominoes are still falling oh absolutely that's one of the coolest music videos, honestly. <laughs> I remember seeing that music video. It was so sweet. But um, yeah, that, that that would be a great example where like that song was fairly popular. Yes. Especially at the time. But moving forward, it didn't it doesn't have the same lasting impression. Like no. we might as well get into it now. Like Mr. Brightside is like one of the biggest songs of the the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Like truly one of, if not maybe the biggest rock song of the 2000s, potentially. It's huge. Yep. Huge song. It is still, every year since it's been out, it has been on the UK uh, chart. For And it's been on, I think, for, if I remember reading correctly, over 200 weeks it had uh, been on the UK chart. It's, it's crazy the amount of success that they found. With that one song and... Outside of the U.S. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty cool. It's it's truly, and it's hard to, un, like, it's hard to argue why. It is a very simple song mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. There's only one verse. Yep. And it's very, it's just very, very well structured as a song. And I understand why people would enjoy it. And I mm-hmm. think one of the things that is very interesting to me about The Killers is that they are basically like a nostalgia act even when they came out. Something about like something about listening to Mr. Brightside just brings you back even if you're listening to it in 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had like the glam rock look mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. They mm-hmm. just they really played on it. They were smart. Yeah. Well, they had a song called Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll, you know, so obviously they were kind of they knew what they were. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Does anybody want to claim Mr. Brightside as their favorite song? You don't have to. It'll get played. It's going to be our ending song. We don't need to claim it. We you're, can pick something else. You're darn right. I'll go ahead and pick something else. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to pick When You Were Young, which uh, I just so happen to be agreeing with one of our patrons, Jamie. That's their favorite song. There you go. Nice. You play forgiveness. Watch it now. Tyler, you like that when you were young track? Uh, yeah, I mean that's the song that I in '06. That's a song I heard every morning before I went to school. I pretty much heard that song. Mm-hmm. It was a, I mean, it was a huge one. Yeah, it was, and the music video is pretty cool for it too. It is, it is pretty cool. Yeah, that's the one with uh, the uh, Hispanic couple, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's a good one. Black and white too, isn't it? I don't think so. Is it? No, it's in color. No, you're you're thinking of all these things. No, yes, all these things that I've done. Okay. That's the black and white one that you're thinking okay. of. Okay. I got soul, but I'm not a soul. That's a great Whoa. line. I love that line. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So there's a British comedian. His name's Bill Bailey. He uh, riffed on that I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier line uh, as part of one of his bits. I couldn't find the full bit. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Mr. Bailey explain it. There's a band, right? called The Killers. Yeah! And they got an album, right, called Hot Fuss, right? Not for the film, the hot, don't get confused. Hot Fuss. Was he in Kettle? No. The album, Hot Fuss. And there's a track on that, and it goes like this. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul. 
think, all right, it sounds quite cool, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. And you analyse it, and it's just trivial, isn't it? Meaningless bollocks. I mean, it is. I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. You might as well say, I've got a ham, but I'm not a hamster. <laughs> Not, not. I don't got ham, but I'm not a hamster. I got ham, but I'm not a hamster. It's a pretty good bit. It's a pretty good bit. That's almost my favorite Killer song. Almost. Almost. Yeah, it's it's tied at the top, and I, it goes back and forth. With what? It's back and forth. Well, with the song, show you how off sawdust. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that your favorite? Mm-hmm. I think so. Ooh, all right, all right. That's a that's a twist that I would not have expected. I could feel that static in my ears. I forgot how long that intro was. Yeah. That's kind of the classic kind of sound to it, which I don't normally go for, but I like it here. You know, it got the piano in there instead of synth. Yeah. That was actually uh, recorded during the Hot Fuss sessions in 2003. So it, it came out in 07, but it, because the Sawdust um, had songs from both records, like oh, okay. uh, B sides. Covers because they did a cover of Elton John or no Kenny Rogers sorry Kenny Rogers say, Elton Ruby, John is not everywhere Ruby don't leave uh, don't take your love to town yep Kenny Rogers which by the way is not as good as Cake's cover of it I think uh tra- um oh shit um Children of Bodom may have done a cover of that oh, really? I know they did uh, something uh looking out my back door they did a cover of that by CCR it's yeah. a pretty good cover greetings do, do, do. I think Sawdust is a pretty interesting album, being that it's made up from that stuff. It is, because it's a collection of like B-sides from the first two records. It's interesting that they would have chosen, like after the first two albums, to be like, well, we got all these extra songs, let's just put them out. You know what I mean? Most of the time you, you do that with when you want to get out of a record deal. I think the choice of covers is interesting. You know, Lou Reed and Joy Division, of course. And then Where the White Boys Dance. Hmm. Bold. Bold indeed. I remember uh, Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll and The Ballad of Michael Valentine from that because those were both on the deluxe edition of Hot Fuss. And so I knew them from that. Um, And then when it came out on... Uh, sawdust i was like oh i know those songs from hot fuzz deluxe so i think glamorous indie rock and roll is a pretty good song but uh it i don't it just seems kind of i don't like the lyrical portion of it i'm not sure it just seems kind of it just seems kind of like you wrote a song about the type of music you write you know it it is kind of a throwbacky thing when you think about the idea of, of singing like you know, Bob Seger. You know what I'm talking about. Just took those old records off the shelf, put them back on the shelf. Yes, that song. Yes. Uh, that's what it reminds me of. You know what I mean? Because you're just like, this is the muse. You know? And in that way, it seems kind of like like pretentious in a really questionable way. You know what I mean? Even though it's not necessarily. But it's just like, okay, pal. So I want to go ahead, Dax. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't think anybody will be upset with where this goes. Any reason why you got a Polkarama here in this playlist? Uh, there is a reason. And that reason is, if I remember, about two minutes in. Your girlfriend was raw like me. Don't you wish your girlfriend was fun like me? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Around. 
know you're big when Weird Al gets you. That's Absolutely. Right. right alongside the pussycat dolls. Yep. Oh, yeah. And gorillas. I don't know which one's bigger. Pussycat dolls or the killers, you know? I just can't about decide. the same. Really? I'd say about the same. Pussycat dolls, you know, <laughs> their songs are just like on that same level as Mr. Brightside. <laughs> Absolutely. Not even close. Jared, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. It's up to you if you want to go down the silly, silly fun train. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Magic Mike? I I do want to talk about Magic Mike because I'll I'll talk about it very briefly because I don't want to get too. But I got into listening to uh like a, a compilation. Uh, what Dax? What would you? How would you like uh, YouTube poop remix mashup YouTube? Yeah, poop mashup. Person? Yeah, mashup stuff. I don't. Uh, some of it's not poop. Some of it's good. But uh, Magic Mike was, I think, the first person that I like really started following that did that, and like basically kind of purposefully ruined songs, and I, I yeah. got a kick out of them. But from him, I was able to find a lot of other people too. So uh, uh, if you want to play the Magic, one of the Magic Mike songs, I know which one you're gonna play. Well, we just talked about somebody told me, so let's do that one. Those hoo-hoos get me every time. <laughs> yeah. There's always something in there that, like, it gets me. I don't know what, like, mo- normally it's the drum thing. The drum thing or the air horn are the two things that always, I never know when they're coming, but they will come. We'll, we'll put a link to this in the description. No, yes. we won't. Yes, we will. I got I got one more kind of fun thing. Okay. As a cover that they did um, with Rhythms Del Mundo, uh, which is a non-profit uh, th- a thingamajig, I think in Cuba or somewhere. Non-profit thingamajig. Yeah. It's, um, they covered Hotel California. With uh, I think it's a bunch of different artists that worked with them, but mainly the killers. Go ahead and play it. Once again, with that one, like you can just tell it's him. Oh yeah, it's so it's so deliberate when you can hear his voice, you know that it's him. That album is pretty amazing. It's called Classics, and it has like Amy Winehouse. It has Keen, uh, Cat Power, Rolling Stones, all kinds of people. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you started with Amy Winehouse, uh-huh. Keen, <laughs> yeah, and then Cat Power, and <laughs> yeah. then you just. Threw in just a smidge of, oh, yes, that's right. The Rolling Stones are also on there. They were there. The Kooks were there. Fallout Boy. Was it a- John May- Fallout oh. Boy and John Mayer have a song together. They do beat it. Yo, that, well, that, they oh, did yeah. that for another thing, though. Those, I bet that's a collection of songs that had already been recorded. Very some, possibly. Some of them. Hey, Tyler, have you ever heard the Killers Christmas songs? I don't think so. So for... A period of many years, the I think killers like six at least the killers would release a new Christmas song every year, and it was something I always looked forward to around Christmas time. I'd always look, try and find uh, where they were going to release it, and then over the last uh, few years, they were releasing it on a Jimmy Kimmel show. They, I think, they did it twice with uh, music videos accompanying the. The songs. There's only two, unfortunately, on Spotify. A uh, great big sled, 
which is a good song, and then Don't Shoot Me Santa, which is a good, all, all of them are good. There's also one that features none other than Sir Elton John. I knew it. <laughs> you did. It's everywhere. Um, but uh, I guess, no, they've done 10. They've done 10 Christmas songs, according to- uh, One a year? NME Magazine. Uh, well, this was re- put out in 2014. Uh, to, uh, they've done, I don't need to re- re- read all them. Joseph Better You Than Me is the song they did with Elton John. And also the Pet Shop Boys, uh, Neil Tennant was on there too. That's a great song, Joseph Better You Than Me, because he's it's about Jesus. And he's talking about Joseph being like the base non-surrogate father of Jesus and how he kind of handled that situation. Uh, I think my favorite Christmas killer song is possibly happy birthday guadalupe that's fair <laughs> if you will play that it's like a mariachi oh wait this is they did a the collaboration with mariachi el bronx caleb for really the, for this song that's awesome i love that yeah that's good stuff right there me too i love me some mariachi el bronx so yeah that's they have a list the top 10 favorite killers christmas songs uh on this here great big sleds on there um, I think the Cowboys Christmas Ball is the very first one that came out in two. Well, no, it's 2011. Hold on, let me see. Don't shoot me, Santa came out in 07. Dirt sledding, boots, pretty good song. But yeah, go ahead and play Happy Birthday, Guadalupe. Before we play this, Tyler and I have to take this opportunity. Yes, because we will never have a chance to you explain. You may. You may. When would we ever have another chance to explain who Mariachi El Bronx is? I don't know. Tyler, take it away. I think I've done it. I think I've I think I've done it once before, but <clears throat> Mariachi El Bronx is like a side experiment of the Bronx, LA based punk rock band, and they've expanded the group to include various different people playing traditional mariachi instruments, but they basically are writing what's what's really kind of like pop rock songs via the mariachi style. It's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. I like it quite a bit. It's one of the strangest Strangest turns in music that I can think of is a, a punk band turning into a mariachi band. So here you go. Killer, killers, happy birthday, Guadalupe. Christmas on this show. I love that. I love that. Their song Christmas in LA, which came out six years ago, uh, features Dawes, the band, and in the music video is Owen Wilson. Huh. Mm. I will go ahead and say my favorite song now. Yes. I believe this is this is the point in time where we're we're winding down and I want to make sure that I highlight my favorite song. I have always I have always really enjoyed the song Smile Like You Mean It. That's a great song too. Oh, that is a great song. It's that it's that synth. It comes in real slow, and then it bursts at you real good. And it's just, I'm glad you I'm glad you chose that one. That's I think that's my third favorite song. Nice, nice. I'm glad that we can agree on these places. So smile like you mean it. Change your way. 
I almost picked that one too. Look at that, that. Jared. Did you almost pick that one? No. Duh. No. I do like that song. The thing that I I I like about the Killers, like for me, is that you could make arguments for a lot of their songs as their best song. Yep. You know what I mean? Like uh, the song "All These Things That I've Done." A lot of people think that that's like the best song. Mm -hmm. And it took me actually a little while for me to like really fall in love with. Um, read my mind i saw a live performance that they did on youtube mm -hmm. and saw them perform that song live it was like an eight minute version or something crazy like that mm -hmm. and i was like i really love this song so like, i almost I, mean, I would have almost chosen for reasons unknown that's a great song Town. too yeah they, they're back to back mm -hmm. and i know i love for reasons unknown but i i mean it's like i don't know it's it's just i saw them live uh last uh summer and I think it was last summer. It was either last summer or two summers ago. Time is a construct. But it was a really good show. The funny, the cool thing about it was, so we went and saw them. Uh, I don't remember everybody that was there. Caleb, you were not there. Nope. I tried to get you to go. You wouldn't go with me. I hate not. concerts. Yeah. You hate Too them. many people. Yeah. But um, what happened was they were playing and uh, it started to rain. But in the middle of the song, it started to rain. So they were playing, and they're like, "Sorry, guys, we gotta go, uh, be safe." And so then we all had to go to our cars, and then about ten minutes later, we went back into the venues, an outside venue, hence the rain. And then they immediately began where they had last started playing the song. So they just picked up right where they was, had stopped in the song, huh. and then they finished the show the way that they were going to, regardless of the twenty to thirty minute break. Nice. That's pretty neat. Yeah. It was a fun show. I've been wanting to see them for a very long time. Uh, I th Oh, man. In like 2010 or 12, somewhere around that area, they played at a casino that was opening in Cincinnati. But the tickets were like $80. And oh, I my gosh. Like, I love the Killers, but I also... I sure do love eighty dollars. Eighty dollars, so, <laughs> so I didn't. I did not go, and I do regret not going because it would have been fun. It would have been worth it, but I was at a different time financially at that time as well. So I mean, it was. I was a lot younger when you were young. When I was young, yes. But now I did see them, and I would see them again. And I think they're one of those bands I would see every time they come to town. They could be like a, a dead, Grateful Dead or Bob Dylan to to some for me for the Killers. They don't come around here that often, though. Somebody at some point told them don't come around here no more. I for reasons I know, they told them that. What do y'all think about? So, for instance, in the in the post punk revival, which we see starting in the late '90s, but it really becomes prominent around 2002 to 2007 ish, probably. Mm -hmm. That's that, that's really the big window. What do you think about the Killers' role in that movement? I think that they were kind of the the stepping point from the strokes. And I think that Dax your your point earlier about how they were so interested in is this it makes a lot of sense, but I think that the popularity of the strokes led to the popularity of the killers which led to the popularity of the post-punk revival movement. Hmm. So, I think that well they were in the thick of it at that time though. But I think that it that's where it exploded. Mm -hmm. And it it tapered off after the killers, honestly, yeah. Samstown kind of, you know, it was an album that didn't feature as much in terms of the post-punk revival sound. Yeah. Whereas Hot Fuss was very much in that realm of like the synthy side of post-punk, and they never returned to it either. No, you know. So I think that by the time that they started doing, I mean, it, it was already over after. Um, well, it was mostly over by the time of Day and Age, and it was not even remotely close to what they did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What do you think, Tyler? I think that Hot Fuss is a huge album in that time period and in that, I, guess, I don't know if you want to call it a genre, or I guess you'd call it an era, a musical era, if you will, uh, or a stylistic period. I think that it's huge, actually. I think it's really big, and I think, it, I think they are, for instance, I've got a couple of names up here that are, are commonly associated. Of course, we've talked about, uh, we've already talked about the Strokes, uh, but also Franz Ferdinand is named, Interpol is named, Arctic Monkeys is, are named. Uh, and, and so I think it's really big, and all those other groups don't really use synth. 
So I think it. I think that that is really kind of an important, prominent thing that's really interesting to bring into bringing back sounds but making it different. So I think that album is pretty big and really cool. I would argue maybe the biggest of of that. Well, that's why I ask because I've been building a case here. <laughs> okay. Okay, a case against Pitchfork. Oh my. Who you know, I've tried to explain to you that I don't I think that they're dumb a lot and you keep telling me that I don't think that. I don't I don't want to tell you what you think. I just know what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am all right. I'm looking right now at Pitchfork reviews. Wasn't like a 5.5 5 or something. What do those that? bastards say? We're getting there. They gave it a 5.2 hot fuss. They gave Franz Ferdinand's debut a 9.1. Best new music. They gave Interpol, Interpol's debut, Turn on the Bright Lights, best new music, 9.5. They give The Hives, a band I didn't mention, but it's also on there, their debut, Vitty Vitty Vicious, pretty good album, a 7.4. They give Is This It, a 9.1. And they even give The Arctic Monkeys debut, Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. Now, I really enjoy from 2006. That is probably their best album, and really, they don't return to that sound much either. A 7.4. All of these other artists have been recognized on their debuts that are all of which all of those debuts are large big albums in in the stylistic period in my like music listening history during that time and hot fuss is as well and I just think it's underrepresented in that in that regard well I would I would say that critically you like hot fuzz maybe is not there like the strokes critically are higher than the than the killers and same thing with like arctic monkeys arctic monkeys were supposed to be the next oasis you know around that time from the british movement um you know and so like those groups probably like critically aren't as big or are bigger than the killers i should say but f- for sure i think that the killers and hot fuzz specifically is the biggest album of that time period i i don't i mean we love the strokes album um we love both of the the, the debut and then the next one room on fire oh yeah room on fire Thank yeah you. well yeah room, well the, well the one that came out in 06 too um first impressions, first impressions of that was the first one i really fell in love with from the strokes mm-hmm. um oh that's the third the third release yeah the third release but I mean, they are higher critically, but they do not have as many. They don't even have one hit as big as the Killers have. No, you know, so few bands have a hit as big as the Killers do, though. Especially within the last two decades. I mean, you could say that I think you look good on the dance floor at the time was a maybe a bigger hit or like um, critically higher than what the Killers had, maybe. but it did not. None of those songs have lasted. No. I think that that addresses a point that's worth making, and maybe this is why critically people detract from it, but out of all of those albums and those artists, the Killers are the ones who implement pop into their music the best. And so it it can it attracts not only the mainstream crowd, but it attracts you know people who enjoy post-punk and the stylistic you know things that come along with post-punk. So, I mean... You know I love that Franz Ferdinand album. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't need to go into it. But like, as you as you know, I can't talk to just anyone about that album, which is weird to me to think. But it's true. But you could talk to anyone about Hot Fuss, and people would at least know. Well, they would at least know like the five, the four probably big songs on there. So I think that that's kind of where the like part of what the Killer span, which I think is part of their downfall in their later career is that that tie into pop music is kind of what they began focusing on more and more. And it lost kind of the interesting aspect of, hey, this is like a a band that bridges a couple of different things that's really cool. They kept the pop sensibilities, but they lost the post-punk that gave them the more, um, the fan base that they built. So now when a new album is supposed to come out from the killers. Not a lot of people are super like thrilled about it. There's not people like going crazy for the idea of a new killers album. Yeah. And we were excited about a new killers album, mm-hmm. but what happened, Jared? It got pushed due to uh, the current uh, situation in the world. Unfortunately, lots of albums got pushed. The Lady Gaga album got pushed, but it finally, it came out this weekend. Um, but the killers one has not had a date set. 
They have had two singles from it thus far. Their debut or the first single, Caution, came out uh, like a month ago, two months ago, something like that. I like that song quite a bit. If we want to play that, it'd be great. But we did want to talk a little bit about kind of how that um, the current situation has kind of affected the music industry and artists, how they're able to make a living now. You know, like they no concerts. And streaming, the way that streaming works, you don't make any money. Right. So well, if you, you don't can. get not very much money, Some very little make money. tons, though. It really depends on what streaming platform they use. Well, and what record label they're assigned to as That's well. That's true. So if you've been signed to a record label from, you know, since you've been around in 2004, and the where streaming wasn't a part of your original contract, you know, you can kind of negotiate one way or the other. I doubt... I don't know. it. I don't know. But I bet that the Killers make a lot of money on the royalties from their biggest songs. Mm-hmm. Not every band gets to do that. Not every band has had big hits like that. Right. But, you know, they're not touring, so they can't make money on that. They're not making money on their merch, things like that. I mean, they can make money on pre-orders for the album, but when will it come? <laughs> right. I had a, I had a big album this year get pushed, so I know the feeling. Which one? Corky. Corky. The uh, Ian McKay, Joe Lolly, Amy Farina release. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, it got pushed, which is super lame because it should have been out. I think it was set to come out the end of March, and uh, it's still it's in the process. Uh, over the course of this next week and the week following, it will be released. They finally have set uh, an overall release for it. And I actually saw an interview that your your pal there, Jared Nardwarm. Oh yeah, did he did an hour long interview with Ian McKay, and they talked briefly about uh, the decision to do that. And it's actually, if anyone is interested in, because it's obviously it's a Discord release. Discord not only is a label, but also their own distributor and a distributor of smaller DC area labels. So the decision to do that as not only a label, an artist, uh, but also a distributor was really kind of an interesting thing to see so if you all the three of you or any of our listeners are interested in like trying to get in the mindset of uh, some music people with regards to this that's actually a pretty cool interview to watch interesting i would also say not to not to sell anybody on anything specifically but this might be a good time to start buying physical releases of things to support artists buy directly from them pre-order their albums Buy their music. Support them with your money. Mm. Good ideas. Because the other issue is not just like releasing of the albums, but the process of making albums has changed drastically as well because you cannot have multiple people in the studio at one time right now. You know, So people are having to make, as we discussed with the Charlie XCX thing, like a quarantine album where you have to do everything on your own. Like... Uh, not that, you know, whatever. This guy, Machine Gun Kelly, has had a release that has been kind of changed drastically due to the current situation as well. And, you know, the recording and kind of mixing and producing of all of that has changed drastically as well, you know. So it is interesting. It's a thing. It's it's an interesting thing that's going on currently. It is quite interesting, so. yes. But, yeah. Let's go ahead and play that song, Caution. Was a dancer, and that's all that she knew. Cause when you live in the desert, it's what pretty girls do. I'm throwing caution. What's it gonna be? Tonight the winds of change are blowing wild and free. If I don't get out, out of this town, I just might be the one who finally burns it down. I'm throwing caution. I like that song. It's pretty, pretty good. good. It's pretty good. First single from an album. What a swooping chorus. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, that I I don't, you guys might disagree with this, but I don't think that, like, any of their albums sound the same. You know what I mean? Like, no. I mean, they really. all sound like killer albums, but I don't think any of them stylistically sound similar that much. The closest maybe would be Wonderful, Wonderful to Day and Age, maybe. But I don't, yeah, no. I still to Day and so. Age? Even skipping, like, through, like, from Battleborn? Yeah, Battleborn doesn't really sound like Day and Age, I don't think. I know. 
But I don't think the day and age really sounds that much like Wonderful Wonderful. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like the closest thing that I can get to, but I don't even think that that's that close. But then you could like with Hot Fuzz and Samstown, they sound a a lot different, but I think they go together really well. But yeah. I don't know if that's just because of my memory, you know, of that, right? The way they came out. Well, I think part of it is that the role of the instruments in Hot Fuzz and Samstown are very similar. You know, they just, like I said earlier, they've just refined the way that those things interplay. The guitar is still really present in Samstown, and it's very driving, you know, just like it is in Hot Fuzz. But by the time you get to Day and Age, that's really faded for a lot more synth-heavy stuff. You know, the synth and the role it plays in both Hot Fuzz and Samstown are are really fairly similar. Um, there's a little bit more of it creating an atmospherical, larger kind of thing in Samstown than there is in Hot Fuss. But other than that, like the instruments play similar roles, even though the music doesn't sound the same necessarily. That makes sense. Uh, Prince Harry has been secretly jamming with the killers for uh, over a decade. Okay. Interesting. As just uh, the drummer said, he just showed up one time and we got along. I mean, it's been 10 years, I guess. It's been a lot of long nights. That was said in 2017. That's uh, Ronnie Venucci Jr., who yep. actually had an album come out uh, as his, uh, Big Talk is a group uh, that he started, and they had an album come out uh, in 2015, Big, Big Talk. And I think he actually may have had a solo album as himself. I think himself. pretty much all had something solo come out at this point. Hmm. I know the um, the bassist had a solo thing. Brandon Flowers, of course, had a solo thing. Two two albums, yes. I really like his solo stuff quite a bit. Um, I do. Uh, it's I basically lo- just Killers almost. It's similar, like, yeah. I, I, I like Flamingo, and I really love the song I Can Change. That is a great song. That's a great... It's a, it, like with... Um, uh, it's called The Desired Effect. That's the second album. And it is very dancey. It's way... It's, kind of takes it back to the danciness of hot fuzz but like is more club dance stuff but not i mean not like that but closer to that i suppose i really can't get behind his solo work it just didn't do what i saw you i lit in fact i made it i think i made it like three or four tracks into the first one and uh then i was like okay let's go to the next one i went to the next one when i you know after the first track i'm like where there's not a lot of variance between his albums it's too bad because the later in the album, Magdalena and Crossfire are two of my favorite Brandon Flower solo things. So you didn't you didn't get you didn't get to those, but that's a bummer. I just couldn't do it. It was it was it was just kind of him doing synth pop. I I, I was bored. It was boring to me. That's where I was with it. It didn't really. It wasn't particularly interesting for my for my sensibilities. I suppose. I also have a song request for Patreon. It's uh, John's favorite song. Ginny was a friend of mine. I don't think we've played that yet. That was the opening track. But we can play some more of it. But play the chorus. But let's play it. Yep. Don't bore us. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. song is one of the best examples of how good of a bassist the killers have i know that riff is amazing mm. Boom, mm. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. it's real good it's good, good baseline good pick john and if you want to have your voice heard or your song heard on our podcast be sure to check out our patreon account patreon.com slash record roundtable we love you patrons we couldn't do it without you it's true. Uh, well, I mean, we could do it without you, but it would be much harder. Yeah, it would. It would be difficult. We wouldn't like <laughs> doing it as much. We like it more. <laughs> we like it more with you here. Yeah. Don't leave us, please. You know that picture of uh, a guy eating ice cream with a poster of other people eating ice cream? That's us with our patrons. Oh my! It's true. It, it'll it'll be linked in the description. <laughs> sure. 
Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about the killers. And next week we're going to be talking about Run the Jewels. Check out our social media accounts across many platforms. Check out our Patreon account. Check out our website, recordroundtable.com, where we have many featured articles and all of our episodes. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Goodbye.